Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is your guys from the sideline, guys. I am your host, Twenty, aka Twan, and then my Twitter handle is branding underscore elite, and that would be the same for Instagram. Our email, so you can hit us up, is also from the sideline, guys, with an S at Gmail. And before we really jump into anything, let me introduce you to my host. Well, shall I say I'm gonna let him introduce himself. The man needs no title, but I'm going to go ahead and drop one like I always do. Mr. Ken, go ahead and drop it with your info, baby. Appreciate that. This your boy. What's going on, everybody? First off, this your boy, Charlie, a.k.a. Bobo. And like I always say on every, every show on our podcast show, you can call me Bobo, just like family and friends, just like my other hosts as well. My Twitter handle is Charlie8606. <sighs> I'm sick and tired of eating all this humble pie. <laughs> For real. I think I'm going to get a sugar rush from eating all this humble pie. Man, and if you know what I'm talking about, well, you know what? Since I'm, since I'm eating all this humble pie, like I always say, Twain, let's get right into it, man. Let's, let's just hey, get right into it. Let's start the show. Let's start the show. All right, we're jumping right into it, the Eastern Conference Finals. So by now, everybody that either, you know, felt the pain, uh, felt, you know what I'm saying, happy in celebration of it, or ate a little humble pie like me and Bobo, um, had to do. Uh, Bobo had them winning in five. I had them winning it in six. Um, I actually had to sweep. Man. I actually had to sweep. Oh, you, had, you had to sweep? Okay. I had okay. to sweep. I had to sweep. Well, I appreciate the correction. Man, you had to sweep. Ooh, I swore you said five, man. Man, no. I can go back and listen to our old show. Boy, no. You eating it a little bit more than me then, man. You yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I had them going in six against Toronto here. Um, it's a shocker. It was a shocker. I I literally felt like, you know, that um, I, I I had some key points about Toronto. Yes, with, you did. With they, with they, with they, uh, with their, with their bench and how it was going to step up and how key players was going to step up, like Kyle Lowry, you know, to to help out Kawhi Leonard and how Kawhi Leonard could, you know, stand frustrate and you know not not completely shut down, but you know make a Giannis a little ineffective throughout mm-hmm. the playoffs, but I had no idea that they would, you know, be able to go on a full game winning streak to, you know, to make it to the NBA Finals here. So, big ups to Toronto. I'm eating that humble pie too. Um, man, uh, Kawhi took it to a whole nother level. You know, and when I say take it to a whole nother level, this this play from him has been better than his MVP championship with the Spurs when he won that NBA uh, Finals MVP. You know, this dude took it to a whole nother level. There was no Tim Duncan on his side, you know, to help, you know, take up some slack, even though he still, you know, did his thing and handled Miami Heat when they won a championship. Um, there was no, you know, coming of age or, you know, or, you know, this guy could be the next big thing because everybody already knew about Kawhi. Right. There was no, you know, he sat out a whole year type of deal with an injury. This is, you know, and, and didn't come back from the playoffs. This was Kawhi. This was just his year, you know, from the very beginning to end. It's a reason they had, you know, they were second in the NBA with their record right behind Milwaukee. So, you know, um, a shocker again, like I said, but no flukes, no flukes at all. So I give props 
big ups to Milwaukee Bucks, you know, for making it that far, handling your business, you know, got a bright future ahead of you. You know, you take the steps. You, you took steps from the first round last year to making it to the Eastern Conference uh, uh, Finals this year. You know, so, hey, next year may be your year, you know. Um, I know uh, a lot of people was kind of uh, jonesing and uh, jabbing about Giannis. He walked out on that recorder. That video was pretty funny, man. But <laughs> at the same time, I do feel kind of bad for him. You know, it's just like, man, you know, but he he, he left, uh, whatchamacallit, Chris Middleton hanging in the <laughs> in the middle of that, uh, that interview, man, if you've seen that video, Charlie. But I'm yeah, gonna I, did, man. I ain't going to spend too much time on that, you know, again. Props to props to both teams, you know, y'all. It, it was a hell of a series. So passing it to you, Charlie. What's your thoughts on this one? <sighs> Appreciate it, man. Do I really got to give up? Do I really got to give up thoughts on it, man? Yeah, your thoughts. I forgot oh, you said week, man. You got oh, to man. Yeah, you got. You okay. got to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> mad oh. confidence, man. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was okay. Well. If anybody listens to the last, well, not the, I believe the last, our last show, that I said it was a series. It was two to two, you know, mm-hmm. as well. Um, every both teams won at both teams won at home, and what I said was was that can Toronto bench taking on the road and win in Milwaukee while winning out, you know, while winning at home because we know what Milwaukee bench can do on their end. Mm-hmm. Um, they must have heard our show, like I always, like I say, because uh, <laughs> Toronto bench outplayed Milwaukee bench. Let's just start yes, with that. Did. Let's just start with that. So game five, game five, Toronto outscored Milwaukee bench by, I think, close to like 15, mm-hmm. by 15. Game six, they outscored Milwaukee bench by 10. And keep in mind is is that Toronto been averaging over thirty points in Game Five and Game Six, bench wise. Milwaukee been averaging just about twenty. You're not going to win games that way, whether you're at home or you're on the road. Toronto did what they had to do. I got to give props, big props up to them because, like I said, I have my doubts about their bench coming into that coming into that series, and they too much. Yeah, you did, Twani, and they proved me. They proved me wrong. And big ups to Kawhi Leonard, man. How many times have he? I mean, him just dunking on Giannis in Game Five man. and Game Six. Man, I was like, uh, on a bad leg, on a bad on leg, bad right? Leg. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm like, wow. I mean, you just got to give credit where credit is due, man. I wasn't expecting this at all. I pretty much was disrespectful, and I do apologize. Mm. Um, I do apologize about Kyle Lowry as well. Um, you were hearing nothing from me about Kyle Lowry. Um, <laughs> that man has been playing lights out. Like I said, I know he heard our show. He had to because I've been, I've been giving him, as as a young folks, I've been giving him the business about his play as well. But, again, shout out to Toronto. They deserve it. They played well. They, they fought. They played lights out from start to finish as well. Um Keep in mind, Milwaukee had a 15, had a double-digit lead in the third quarter. And then they let it slip away. And Toronto took advantage of it. Um, I want to say this too, Tawani, that, uh, that other people may not look at, but I looked at. Did you know that uh, Miritich 
only played nine minutes between game five and game six. Yep, I sure and did. He scored, and he scored no points. I sure did. How do you manage not to play him? And that's your and that's your three point shooter. That's your stretch four. You see what I'm saying? Like you, like that's why. Why is that? Uh, and I understand. I understand coaching all because that that's gonna be that's your ten points right there. That if you if because I get it that they started Michael Brogdon <laughs> in Game Five in Game Five and Game Six, but but Miritich only playing nine minutes of Game Five and only mm-hmm. and didn't score no points at all. But then he didn't play Game Six. Coaching there. Yeah, that that's a coaching error right there. Like that should not have happened because that's the one that could give you lead, that could give you at least ten ten points. 10, 10, 10, 11, 10, 10 to 15 points off the bench. Easily. Mm-hmm. Easily. Especially when he can get hot from the corner from the three, from the outside mm-hmm. as well. And he can put it on the floor sometimes too. So I just uh, I didn't understand that as well. But man, like I said, I had to eat that humble pie. I ate a lot of it because I totally, totally disrespected Toronto. But again, you know, I was wrong. And I'm a man, I'm a admit when I was wrong, Toronto prove that they de- they deserve to be in the finals. Because like you said, Twani, Kawhi Litter played lights out. Like that man playing on the- that man is playing like he got something to prove not only to himself but to the Spurs. Would you would you would you say that Twani that he got something to prove to the Spurs? Like, hey, you guys needed me. I didn't need you. Would you kind of agree I'm, with that? I'm or not agree with I'm agree with half of that. Half of that. Uh, I think, okay. yeah, I'm, and the half that I'm agree with that is okay. he, he playing like, you know, he, he, he uh, sending a message to the Spurs. Like you said, you guys needed me, I didn't need you. But I believe okay. he always believed in his ability. Um, so I don't think he's playing like he had to prove anything to himself. I think, you know, he he's playing like a man that knew he had to put the team on his back, though. That, you know what I'm saying, I will add to that in place of he has something to prove himself. I think he believed in his ability. You know, he, he was smart about his injury. He sat out right. and, you know, came back fully healthy, 100%, you know, right. no setbacks or anything like that. So I don't think he had anything to prove himself on that aspect, especially playing the amount of games he played throughout the regular season. So, yes, I do agree with you. Like I said, half of that, that he was, you know, sending a message, proving to the Spurs, yeah, that was your mistake. You you messed up there. So you didn't try to bring any pieces around me. You didn't try to help me make a team. You know, uh, you know, build this team around me to you know just keep this train rolling to win some more championships. And now mm-hmm. look what happened. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, um, this Toronto team still to me versus Kawhi's team uh, last year and the season before is not that much better. Um, so we'll we'll talk about and discuss how this gonna match up against Golden State later oh, on in the show. Uh later on in the show. But it's it's not that uh it's not that much better. You know, it needed some key pieces. Maybe I had a few more, you know, added shooters and things of that nature that this word didn't have, but I, I don't think it's that much better. Uh so, you know, again, you know, but it, it had just the right element enough for him to do what he needed to do to get to an right. NBA fight. So Right, and, and then I'm at the end to add on this too before we move on is that mm-hmm. Van Pelt saved Came out them. of nowhere. Out, out of nowhere. Him, Rock him, and Powell in the building. Rock yes, sir. Yes, sir. Him, him, and Powell and Ibaka. You know that's you know that's your rotation off the bench right there, mm-hmm. as well. They outplayed. They that them three outplayed uh, Cuttington. Um, um, George Hill and Ilya Sova off the bench. 
them three play play outplayed them three as well. That was to me was like the key factor right there as well. So you gotta well, get credit where credit's due. Well, because I mean, I mean, because Van P- Van Pep had twenty one in Game Five off the bench. He also had fourteen in Game Six as well. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking uh, uh, Van Pel. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to eliminate George Hill from that one because he had a couple of twenty one point games and he actually played better uh, as a starter. And I said they should have made a move to put Hill in. You know, because he was more effective and more efficient. So I, I, I can't right. put him in that one. I have you have to you have to because if you look at it coming down to game five and game six, you have to because George Hill is technically coming off the bench. He wasn't he didn't start that series, which he, I agree with you which I agree with you. He should have started that series. But again, if you're talking about bench play, who's coming off the bench that's giving you quality minutes and and that is scoring, you have to you have to look at those three Versus, versus, you know, those three from Milwaukee versus those three of, of um, excuse me, Toronto three as well. And Van Pep outscored, outscored um, Milwaukee's bench in both games, both, you know, game, both game five and game six. And that was huge as well. Because you got to think about it. He's been a, he has really been, the, has really been a no show in these playoffs up to this point. I don't know he what did. happened. I don't he know what happened. Two games. I it's like, I don't, I don't know what happened. Him and Powell, I don't know what was said and what was not said, but them dudes turned it, uh, turned it up a notch. So you got to do credit what credit do with that. Now, like you said, is that going to trans- transition? Is that going to translate, excuse me, to the NBA Finals? We shall see. We'll talk, we're will talk. we going to get into that in a few moments as well. But I just have to give that credit right there, too. And I'm going to just pass it back to you before we move on as well with your final, your final, you know, your final say on, on this series as well. Um, not really much of a final say or anything like that. Like I said, I, you know, I get what you're saying about, you know, being outplayed and stuff like that. Uh, you know, but they, you know, again, like those first two games, you know, Hill went off and Van Pelt went off. Right. You know, right. and then you know things got reversed. You know, from uh, three, four, five, and six. You know, it went the other way. So you know, it, it's a it, you know, it's kind of a balance. I, I can't really put it on uh, Hill, but Illasova and you know Cummington. Yeah, them guys didn't show up. You know, at all. They they got they got handled and stuff like that. Um, you know, so I'm gonna say that. But Eric Bledsoe, you know, being a starter, you know, that's why I got to put in place of George Hill. I know he's a starter and not coming off the bench. But, you know, as a starter, playing the way he did, and, you know, from the first two games that just completely disappeared and, you know, the rest of the series, man, that, that hurt the team a lot. But at the same time, too, give props to my boy because uh, you kind of frowned upon uh, me calling my boy Kyle Lowry when I said when – I, when I called it out and said he was playing phenomenal, you kind of had a, hmm, you know, type of deal. You kind of had a backlash like a phenomenal, but – he was exactly what I said. So give props to, to Kyle Lowry, which I know you did. Uh, but I told you, you know, he's that efficient point guard. Maybe he did hear our, our podcast, which would be lovely, you know. But at the same time, he stepped up, like I said, from the beginning, you know, before this, season, this series had even started, that he was he was going to be that one that helped Leonard out. And he did, you know. It was, you know, a game where he did outscore Leonard, you know. Um, you know, 25 versus 19. So it's just like the man was phenomenal, like I said, and he continued to carry that on. Now, again, we'll get to it later on, you know, the matchup go to state against the Raptors and, you know, 
who's going to play, you know, well and stuff like that. Go ahead. Hey, uh, why you keep throwing it up in my face, man? <laughs> why you, why you keep doing, why you keep you doing that, man? That, you got to have a little that humble pie, too, bro. Because you was lighting him up. Anybody who didn't follow all of our series up to this point, man, you've been man. killing Kyle. Like he was just an almighty scrub or something, man. I, I never, see, I never said he was a scrub, man. You didn't I say never that. Said, you didn't say that, but you've been destroying him. And man, you didn't even yeah. want to give him props when I said the man was been playing phenomenal in here. Even I, I in the losses, he was still phenomenal. That's, right. That's why you gonna do that, man? I, I I said I was quiet. I said I didn't say that. I said I was quiet. Let's give it props. I, was, oh, I said I was quiet. No, you phenomenal. Kind of I mean, at me. I'm like, no. <laughs> because because you make okay. All right. Okay. It's, it's phenomenal. All right. All right. I'm hey, done. I'm, is, I'm is, done. Is it not? Is it, as this series not compared to any other other series that led up to this game? Has he not well, been phenomenal? I'm not going to say phenomenal. I feel like that he's played up to the way that he should have been played. I'm not going to say phenomenal. Of course, you're going to say phenomenal by you being a former point guard yourself. So, of course, you're going to say phenomenal. But for me, I'm looking at, the, I'm looking at this where is that this is how he should have been playing from the start of the playoffs into now. It should have not took him to get into the NBA, NBA uh, Eastern Conference Finals to play like this. That's all I'm saying. I know he's capable of playing that way. That's all I'm saying, Juan. That, that, that's, that's it, man. That's no, that's saying. not that's that that's not it though. We're gonna have to agree yeah. and disagree because no, you gotta that, say that, you gotta get phenomenal for this series. You know, this was that, the biggest matchup. They done played a couple of weak teams, you know, Philly, you know, it probably it, it, it probably shouldn't even went down the way it did. So I give you that exactly, that he should have exactly. probably been playing like that, but at the same time he's still, you know, kind of like second between second and third fiddle as a score. So if he gives you twelve and seven or twelve and ten, and you know, limit the the, the the turnovers. That's effective, you know, and that's how he's to me how he should be playing because again, he's a fluid general first, a score, you know, second or third. So for him to come out and be score outscoring Kawhi in a game, and you know, having you know as many rebounds as he did in one game, and even his assists, and then his his turnovers wasn't you know turnover uh, versus uh, assist ratio was low. Man, that's that's phenomenal, and, and to keep, to continue to keep carrying that on, to start dropping them three point shots like he did, contested three pointers, not wide open ones like he was missing earlier, just the contested ones, you know, pulling up, man, that's right. phenomenal for Kyle. Okay. You know, I, I, this ain't your typical scoring point guard here. I, I understand that. I understand what you're saying, but he had to play that way in order for them to advance to the to, to the NBA Finals. I understand what you're, what you're saying as far as being a full general. I get all that. But he had to play that way. He had he – had, he, let me phrase that. Excuse me. He had to be that sidekick to Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard can't just be scoring 50, 60 points and think they could just win, win the ball game. I that's, that's all. That's that's all. That's all I'm saying. You know. So I get the whole fact that you're saying phenomenal. I get that. I'm just saying that, and I'm not being disrespectful at all. Don't get me wrong, because the man is a good point guard. It's just that it should have took him in the Eastern Conference Finals to be that sidekick to Kawhi Leonard, where he should have been that sidekick all along by him being on the team as well. But because that's technically his team. He's been on the team since day one, since he was drafted. That's all I'm saying, Tuan. Let me ask you this real quick before okay. we move on then. Okay. Did Dwayne Wade defer to Chris Bosch and LeBron James when they came to his team? Yeah. Did the yeah, Magic defer to Kareem when he came to his team? 
Yeah, he deferred. Kobe, Kobe had to defer a little bit to Shaq when Shaq came over to the team. Then Chris Paul had to defer to um, to James Harden when he went over to his team because he had to know his role, right? True. Everybody had to know their role, you know, and in order to make it work, they have to I got you know, you. give up a little something. You know I got saying? you. And, again, this is not your typical scoring point guard. He's more in the mode of a Chris Paul versus, uh, you know, a right. Steph Curry. You know, right. he's not that scoring type dude, but if you need him to, he can do that, which he proved. You okay. know, so it's the type of point guard he is. He's not a Derrick Rose type point guard in his youth or in his prime where he can go out and score crazy and still give you those rebounds and assists. He's going to, you know what I'm saying, lead the floor. That's why I say floor general, mm-hmm. get everybody set up. And then if you need him to score, he's going to give you those points you need to keep you keep it going. But if the game is tight on the line, hey, you know that man can do it here. Right, but he but he wasn't giving you those points by being a draw, by being a floor general shooter. That, that's all I was saying. He was being. A, I'm giving. I'm giving. Him credit. It wasn't like he was scoring five. He was still giving you at 10 one point. At one point, he was he was scoring ten or twelve. At one point in these playoffs, until until it came into the Eastern Conference Finals, he wasn't scoring ten to twelve points. He was scoring under that. He was scoring under yeah, that. Was, I did. It, it, was, it, was, it was. It was like two. Yeah, it was. It was. No, nah, it was more than two. It was more than two. It was more than two. Yeah, we're gonna have to pull it up. We're gonna have to pull it up. We're gonna we're gonna have to pull that up because yeah, it was more than for the commercial. Yeah, on the commercial. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, yeah, like I said, I I I give props to him. Don't get me wrong. I I'm quiet about it. You know, that's it. You know, you just have to keep throwing up in my face. You know, it's all good, man. We we good. We all right. I just had to slide another piece of that pie over there. Okay. 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 I got you. I got you. I got you. It's all good, man. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. So um, let's go ahead and get one 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 more quickie in here um, before we hit the commercial break here. So um, let's talk. Uh, we're gonna do a little quick short segment here, a new one that we're gonna call. Let's talk about it. And uh, if if y'all was paying attention, I had introduced us as from the sideline guys. I normally just introduce us as from the sidelines, and I tell y'all that our email is from the sideline guys. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened here is I uh, added the guys to our title because, you know, just checking statistics of how our podcast was doing and everything um, on different platforms and, you know, just seeing our rating and ran across another from the sideline uh, podcast crew out there, you know, who pretty much um, is on Anchor as well, too. Um, also, uh, you know, they really mimic a lot of things they did where it seemed like they literally um, just uh, kind of read our bio, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of put things that they like from what they read of ours and put it in their own words. Um, they also even, you know, put up a similar picture close to ours, too, you know. So it's just like um, – so instead of, you know, getting really upset about it or anything like that, I like competition, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I wasn't gonna shy away from competition. Um, I wasn't. Uh, I did check on, you know, to make sure that that was, you know, kind of in the legal right. Uh, since we, you know, under the same platform as Anchor, and Anchor said uh, that it wasn't uh, in in regards of uh, anything illegal or, you know, uh, copyright infringement. So, um, so instead of, you know, uh, their suggestion of reaching out, I decided to, you know what. You know, it's just me and Bobo. You know, we've been doing this for a while. And like I said, the email 
was, uh, you know, from the sideline guys. Let's add the guys to our title, you know, so there's no confusion about whose show y'all come to listen to. You know, if you've heard about us, you know, we won't, you know, you won't get mixed up with these other cats out here. And again, you know, we ain't shying away from competition, you know, so that's why, you know, I want to drop that uh, so you guys know what's going on. So you can continue to keep following us. So it's still the same show. All we did was add the guys to the end of it from the sideline, guys from here on out. And we're going, as uh, Bobo always say, keep this train rolling, man. You know, uh, we love what we do. You know, um, you know, we're passionate about ours. This is our creative outlet. And we're going to keep it going. We're going to keep it fun. We're going to keep it interesting. We're going to keep it unscripted for y'all like we always do, man. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, that ain't no shot at the, you know what I'm saying, the other from the sideline guys because, uh, you know, uh, you know, imitation is the biggest form of flattery. So that's how I'm going to take that. And then we go keep it pushing. So Charlie, let's talk about it. What you got to say about that? I appreciate it. I mean, I'm not shying away from competition either. I mean, I've been competing my whole life since, you know, since I can, since I can remember. So again, at the end of the day, like you said, like I always say at the end of our show, we're going to keep this train going as well, you know, so mm-hmm. they have their platform. We have ours as well. I wish them nothing but the best with yes, their sir. platform, with their platform, as far as like how they do their podcast as well. I just find it kind of a little weird that I ain't going to say weird, but I just find it, you know, it's just, it's just that when you see the same name and you pretty much see the same logo that we have as well, it kind of just, it kind of just close, close to it. Excuse me. It just kind of makes you wonder, but at the same time, I mean, like I said, I wish them the best of luck to, you know, to their, their podcast, to their show. Yes, we know do. what we do. We know what our show brings. We know that it's like you say, it's unscripted. That's one of the things I love about our show is that we're unscripted. You know, we're not, we don't have a piece of paper in front of us. You know, we're not, you know, we have to make sure we say this or we say that. No, we mm-hmm. pretty much have a show that we can have everybody listen to and we'd be respectful to everybody as well. You know, I mean, if they look, you know, it'd be, it, I've actually listened to one of their shows and, you know, that's good for what their, for what their show brings, but it's nothing like ours, just being honest. And it's not throwing no shade. It's just more the lines of, we know what we have. And I feel mm-hmm. like what we have is that every, like I keep saying, everybody can listen to as well. You can listen to this in your car. You can listen to this on your way to work. You know, it's something that, you know, you can just listen to and you can be like, man, you know, I like how these guys talk because again, they're, they're different. You know, you know, they're not, they're not other, they're not like other people and we're not. So again, like you said, I'm not, I'm not shying away from no competition. I mean, bring it but at the same time. It's not going to hinder for what we do to, for our show as well. I feel like our show has been the same as well. You know, we, we speak from our, we speak from how we feel about, about, you know, what we talk about, you know, as far as like, you know, each topic as well, you know, we debate as well, which I like, we love the debate. <laughs> the debate yeah, is real it. on here. <laughs> we, the debate is real on here. But again, <laughs> again, he exactly. But again, you know, instead of being from the sidelines, we're the, from the sideline guys, you know, so, and I personally like that better, you know, so now when you, when you subscribe to us and you see us, that's what you're going to get, you know, like, oh, okay, from the sideline guys, though those guys are. And shout out to the people, too, that subscribe to it, that's been subscribing to it, that's subscribed to us now as well. So, yeah. that's just my, again, that's just, that is how I feel about that. And they keep it rolling. 
So yeah, keep it rolling. Yeah. Like I said, imitation is the biggest form of flattery, so I'm accepted as flattery. You know, no shade, like Charlie said. We yeah. Just, you know, we just, you know, have to make sure that, you know, everybody know who we are. Who we are, yep. Individuals as an individual show, because from, mm-hmm. we were there from the beginning. You know, yep. these guys just just starting. So, again, it's no shade. You know, we just want everybody to, you know, you know, it's the same crew, same two. You know, yep. and, and and it's on and popping. You know, we just added the guys at the end. That's it. So That's no it, confusion. Yep. We talked about it, and we're ready to move on. So ready to move on, yep. Yeah, just stick with us here. We're about to go ahead and hit a commercial break. Let y'all hear a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back to discuss some more. Keep you having fun. From the sideline, guys, baby. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to our sponsor. And from the from the sideline, guys, is back with you. So we about to jump right into it. Is what y'all want to hear? What's our thoughts on who is going to win the NBA Finals? So we got Golden State Warriors here, and we got the Toronto Raptors. So I'm gonna defer this time to uh, since Mr. Sweep over here, um, you know, <laughs> had it all wrong. <laughs> I, I, I definitely want to hear who you picking because we know how you went in and bashed Golden State too and we know how you ate that humble pie as well <laughs> so I'm deferring to you because I definitely want to hear you got two teams you ain't picked to win it in it giving it to you Mike is all yours Charlie let's go you bogus because <laughs> I, I, I sure didn't pick either team to go to the finals you are absolutely right you are, that is so that is so bogus. Okay, right. that'll that'll work. Okay, well, <sighs> all right. Um, Spotlight on you, yeah. You did that, man. You did that. This this gonna be interesting. This is okay. You got them stuttering. Yeah, yeah. Because if, I mean, if you think, I mean, look, I put it to you like this. If Kevin Durant was playing, I'd be like, man, Kevin Durant against Kawhi Leonard. He playing. He don't play. He, he, ain't, he ain't playing game one. He's already been ruled out for game one. I know, but he gonna play. He ain't gonna. He gonna play. One. Okay, so he gonna my play. Man, my, my, my 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 guy Twani already put that out there. Got you. Okay, yep. so we gonna see on we gonna see on that. Yep. But it's gonna be it's, it's interesting as I, as I said before. It, because if you think about it, you got two teams like my like my other host said that I didn't expect to go to. The, I didn't pick to go to the finals at all, mm-hmm. but they deserve to be there. So we gotta we gotta start we gotta start there. You got the Splash Brothers going up against the Claw, which is Kawhi Leonard. Did you just name him that? That's what they call him, the Claw. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, that's, I, that's, I, that's, I seen I seen the little jury. Yeah. I, yeah, they call him the thought, I thought you created a new one. No, <laughs> you know? no, I didn't create like a point center. I see who heard the old episode, see, but we ain't gonna go see, there. See, yeah, see don't <laughs> see don't you start. Because I like I said, see, that's a whole other topic. That's a whole other topic. And I stand by that too. Anyway, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, before I was so rudely interrupted. <laughs> point yes, he is a point center, excuse me. <laughs> um, um, shout out to Nurkic as well. Um, 
the Joker. Uh, this is going to be a good series. Uh, like I said, it's going to be the Splash Brothers against, you know, against Kawhi Leonard. I got to get the edge to Golden State. And here's why I say I get the edge to Golden State. Because Golden State got that experience. I'm going with experience. Don't get me wrong, Kawhi Leonard got that experience, and so and so does Danny Green. By them both having championships, don't get me wrong, they have they have that experience. I'm not taking away from Danny Green or Kawhi Leonard or, or Kawhi Leonard, but Golden State has been there. They've been there and done that. And when I say experience, you talking about Draymond Green, um, Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry. Who I'm talking about, Eagle Dollar, Sean Livingston. That's your experience right there. Versus Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard. We know what Kawhi Leonard could do, but Danny Green has been a no show. And when yeah. I and when I say a no show, I'm talking about someone that you know that is a that is a deadly sharpshooter from the three that can hit the three. We know he can play defense, but he, he can't hit a he, he can't hit shots. So. I'm, I'm going to go with Golden State, man. I don't want to. I don't like this. <laughs> so I was put on the spot. But I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going with experience. I see, this, I see this being a seven-game series. And I say this because Toronto has home court advantage. Um. By Toronto having home court advantage is going to be, it, you know, it's going to be a seven game series, and Golden State is going to win in Toronto in Game Seven. That's how I look at it. Um, as far as the bench goes, it's kind of neck and neck. Now that I see that Toronto's bench can win on the road and can play on the road. I guess a good Milwaukee team, mm-hmm. I feel like it's neck and neck. But I got to go with experience, Twan. I got to go with experience. I'd be, I'd be dead wrong if I didn't go with experience. Okay. And they have three championships, meaning, meaning Steph, Clay, and Draymond. <clears throat> Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard only have one. Three against one. Got to go with experience, man. So I'm going to pass it back to you. Woody, how do you feel about these NBA Finals? Because, again, like I said, I'm going with the experience. All right, Charlie. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with you on the experience factor here. And I'm not even including Kevin Durant here. But you already touched on a lot of key points um, with, with, with Toronto here in, in, in this aspect of, you know, being in the Finals. Not just them not being in the Finals, but how you mentioned how Danny Green – you know, has not showed up in these playoffs. And as much as you, you know, gave slack to Kyle Lowry and, you know, and ripped on him for, you know, underperforming, you gave a pass to Danny Green. Danny Green has not showed up in a lot of these series um, leading up to the uh, Eastern Conference final here. And uh, to go back, because we said we was going to review uh, on doing a commercial, <clears throat> how many games that Kyle Lowry scored under uh, – under double digits, it was it was only three games, like I had mentioned. Um, his his lease was seven, and then the next two, not you know, in a row, 
but the next couple games that he has scored under double uh, double figures was uh, nine and nine. So, you know, he still was, you know, giving you what I had mentioned before. He was giving you an average of at least 10 to 12 points per game. You know, um, you know his assists, you know, to turnover ratio kind of fluctuated in those low-scoring games, but he was still being a floor general. But, again, uh, when you're setting up your team and you're setting up players to be wide open to shoot, Danny Green wasn't there. And like you said, this is your spot-up three-point shooter. And I can remember games where – Kyle Lowry put it right in his hand while all he had to do was to stroke it. There was nobody close enough to him to interfere or, you know, distract his shot. He wasn't hitting anything. He wasn't hit contested or non-contested, you know. And when he did, you know, you could tell that, that side relief for him, but he went right back to being Danny Green, who was playing terrible, you know. And then um, also, you know, you got to see more consistency out of Siakam. Siakam, you know, he'd give you one good game, and then, you know, he disappeared for the next couple games. It's like, which Siakam is going to actually show up for you in this one, man? And and like you mentioned before we went to uh, went to the commercial, you know, you can't expect Kyle to, you know, I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, Kawhi to score, you know, 39 points a game to carry this team against a team like uh, Golden State. Golden State going to run them ragged. Golden State, uh, for a lot of people who, uh, you know, I'm going to show my age because Charlie probably don't even remember a lot of these, but Golden State remind me a lot of the old school uh, uh, Indiana Pacers when they had Mark Jackson, who used to be Golden State's coach at one point, and uh, had Reggie Miller. They ran a lot of double screens and, you know, ran the guys around movement without the ball. You know, Golden State also remind me a lot of uh, Detroit Pistons when Rip Hay had Rip Hamilton and Mr. Big Shot Chauncey Dillard, who also did the same thing as well, too. You know, you've seen how those games, whether it was wins for Kawhi or the losses for Kawhi against uh, Milwaukee, who didn't run run around like that. They just played him extended minutes because you asked him to play against Giannis, you know, who we had to body up against. And then you had to have him play against, you know, uh, uh, Middleton when uh, when Giannis was on the bench, you know, who, you know, uh, he's not the fastest guy, but, you know, he did, you know, some like uh, movement without the ball and, you know, uh, he was knocking down his three-point shots as well, too. You So you see Kawhi kind of dragging there a little bit, you know, and trying to get that second win because he had to play so many extended minutes because you didn't have guys that can match up. Now you have a serious matchup problem with Golden State. And again, showing my age, but if you go back and watch the old school Pacers and you watch, the, you know, um, who didn't win the championship but came pretty close to it, and then you watch the old school Detroit Pistons who did win a championship, you know, running, you know, similar type offenses where they do a lot of movement and a lot of quick movement and a lot of backdoor screening, things of that nature, making sure they could get their, their guys the ball in their hands so they didn't have to worry about creating their own shot, but they could just pull up their shot because they're set up nicely. You know, when you got a Draymond Green who's able to, you know, set up and get, you know, triple doubles uh, back-to-back nights, this is what you, this is what you're doing. You're creating mismatches and you're creating these screens and you're moving guys around and you, you know, you're, you're sliding them back and forth to set these players up. So that's why I'm going with the experience, but I'm also going with, you know, the match, the mismatches here. So is Danny Green going to step up and be able to, you know, handle his end on offense and defense? Is Siakam going to be able to be get, able to give you consistent night in and night out? Right now, I know what Kawhi and I know what Kyle going to give me on the offense and the defense in the end, but same thing with the bench. You know, Bam, Bam, Bam Phillips, 
you know, he showed up, you know, the last two games that they needed him to. But are you going to be that consistent, you know, in these in these finals now, you know? And are you going to play consistently on defense, too? Because he still lacks a little bit on defense. So mm-hmm. that's why I got to roll with Golden State. You know, we know what Golden State can do. We know why they've been there five times. And, again, I ain't even mentioned Kevin Durant when he does come back. You know, that's a lot to, you know, to take in and handle. And if you get Kawhi, uh, hold on, Charlie, and I'm gonna let you jump in. If you get Kawhi tired like that again, it's a it's it's a wrap. You know, regardless, you got home court advantage or not. You get Kawhi tired like that again, you don't find an opportunity to get him rest, and you don't you know, try to you know if they're coaching, you know, don't be smart, nerdy, don't be smart about you know uh, resting him at certain points. You know, when certain players are out, and you keeping them on the floor just to build a lead. It's going to backfire on them with, with this team that can, you know, just kind of sub in guys who can, you know, just keep doing that same motion movement offense and keep guys tired, you know, when they get beat up by those screens and, and those picks and stuff. So, but go ahead and let you jump in that one. Yeah, just real quick. Uh, first off, I just want to comment that I do know about the Pacers, you know. Okay, okay. Uh, the, bad, the, Mar- the, Mar- the, the Mar- Jackson before he went to the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? So I know about the Bart Jackson and Reggie Miller. Don't get you know, don't get you know, I know I know basketball a little bit. You know, I ain't gonna say I know everything, but I do remember them Pacers. They couldn't get past Chicago to save their life, but they was good. They was good. They had a good they had a good team. And they I know about retired. The, they got they got there, but they could they couldn't they couldn't put it all the way in. They could they could put it all the way in, exactly. Yep. And but I also they had know, that offense. They had the offense, exactly. So I agree everything that you're saying. And also with I know about Detroit too as well when they won that championship you know the yeah, I knew you knew that. oh of course yeah. oh of course you know because they you know because uh, they beat my Lakers <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know so hey I, you know, of course I know about them you know I'm still kind of sorry about that but hey that's okay you know it's in the past it's all good but we forgot to mention one person too Twani and that's Marcus All is he gonna show up that's true too is he gonna show up. That's just like Siakam, correct, as well. And also to what you were saying was that I didn't give Danny Green a pass. I just said that Danny Danny Green has shown – I did say Danny Green has not shown me enough in these playoffs because, like you said, Kyle Lowry hit him right in the hands and he has a clean shot, an open shot, and he don't make the shot. And he's known to hit three points, especially from the corner. That's his sweet spot right there. Yeah. So I need I – need, you know, I understand what you're saying about Siakam because Siakam may have a game or two here, and then he just disappears. He have a game mm-hmm. or two there, and then he disappears. You can't be, you can't have, you can't be that way in the finals against this Golden State team. Like no. I said, there has been experience, and I need Marcus. I need Marcus All to give me twenty. I need Marcus All to give me twenty and ten. I, I, need, I would be I, okay if he could give you, you fifteen and ten. No, I need, 20 and 10. I need twenty and ten. I need twenty and ten because. Again, you're going up against you're going up against Golden State. I need twenty and ten. You're going up against Draymond Green. I'm, I'm, if you could get the same play that you've been getting out of Toronto's bench, you don't need that extra five. You know, yes, yes, you do. They're they're big men. Remember now, they're big men. Uh, have been stepping up off their bench now too. You talking about Ibaka? You talking about Serge yeah. Ibaka? Yes, Ibaka just stepping up. And that's and that's fine. But if you gonna if you gonna, if, but I I get that or. If if that's the case, then limit Marcus all uh, minutes and then play Ibaka when it matters. Would you say that? I would say that. I could say that. 
Okay. Give them equal, equal okay. amount of minutes. I wouldn't say okay. limit his minutes. I say give them well, equal amount of minutes unless they get in foul trouble because that's been the thing with him. Right. has been playing well, but he's been getting in foul trouble a lot. And that may end up happening against Golden State again because, with the movement they do. Right. Because keep in mind, I feel like that's probably going to be the matchup that I'm going to look at. Ibaka going up against uh, Draymond Green. Because if mm-hmm. you think about it, if you go back, you know, again, I don't want to spend too much, you know, time, you know, spend too much time. Or I just want to make this right. real quick point. Ibaka, mm-hmm. if everybody, if people, you know, basketball people, you know, know that when Ibaka was on that, um, uh, that Thunder team that was up 3-1 mm-hmm. on Golden State, he was on right. that team. He was. Yep. He was on, and he was giving Draymond Green the business mm-hmm. in that series. So that's the that's the matchup I'm gonna look at. So I get what you're saying, Twenty. At least you know fifteen to ten. I would mm-hmm. like to see twenty and ten. But if it's not gonna be fifteen to ten, if it, if it's not gonna be twenty and ten, it's gonna be fifteen to ten. Then I'm, I want Ibaka in the fourth quarter. I don't want Marcus All out there in the fourth quarter. I want Ibaka at that five. I want gotcha. him at that five going up against Draymond Green. That's what I want to see. Intensity versus intensity. Mm-hmm. You know, grit yeah. against grit. You know, dog against dog, fight against fight. That's what I want to see. And you need somebody that's going to be able to run up and down that court. Exactly, exactly. So that's exactly. why I, I don't think you need that 20. I think you need that 15 out of them. And, yeah, make sure Ibaka is out there to match up and run up and down that court with, with Draymond. Seriously. Right. I agree. Yeah, okay. Yep. Definitely. definitely. Okay. So, yeah, so there you have it. So let's do this before we move on to the next next segment here. Um, we got to pick. Uh, oh, wait a minute, hold oh, on. Before, before you go to, you said we gave your prediction. You just said go to state. You yeah, have that's what six. I was just going to say. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yep, so I've been saying. Yep. 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 I'm gonna give you my prediction here. So um, I got go to state in six on this one based on okay. experience alone. Uh, that's that's how I got to roll with it. Okay. Uh, it's gonna be a good matchup. It's gonna be a good fight, but it, at, at, the biggest thing right now, uh, Toronto's head coach has mismanaged. Um, he has really mismanaged. Yes, he has. Yes, he, he has. has not done well enough with his minutes, and this has not been enough rest for him. And I think that's going to come back to like really hurt him. I think Kawhi's still going to play lights out, okay. uh, but I, but I, I just see him. You know, going to he's going to have to force his hands to mm-hmm. play Kawhi again more minutes because he's been mishandling the minutes. Um, and, and it's just going to come back to bite him. You know, it's going to be games where Kawhi is, is really going, you know, he put he put the team on his back in the Philly game. He turned around and did it against Milwaukee. Milwaukee. I think it's, it's going to finally catch up with him. So that's that's so, going to be my X factor in this one. So I, I got Golden State in six. So, so what you're saying is real quick, and we definitely going to move on, is that, and, you know, because he has this mismanagement, would you say that, if they take out Stephen Curry, would they? Do they need to take out Kawhi Leonard? Would you agree they with that? Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I agree with they that. Got to. Yeah. You know, not you even not even to Clay Thompson. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You put your best defender on exactly. Curry and get him frustrated. You know, because you can get uh, you can get Clay kind of streaky, but you know, if you take Curry out of that game, especially yep. in Game One at home with no Durant, you know, you win this game. So when when Curry comes out, you have to rest him. You have to be smart about. It. You can't switch yep. him to to Clay now and then feel like you can pull him when you want to because you wanted to you know stack some points up and then snatch him out just in case they come back. You can't play this game like that. You can't play this team like that. You have to take him out right then and there. They pull in Curry, you pull him out. 
rest them right then and there. You yep. know? Don't don't okay. wear them out. If you if you mismanage that on Thursday, uh, it's it's game over. It's a wrap. It's a okay. Wrap. Okay. All right. I agree with that. Okay. Cool. So let's move on to the next segment and, and you know different sport here. So. Uh, we're going to talk about Gerald McCoy. He got cut for various reasons. Um, Tampa Bay said it was based off of, um, you know, money factor and, you know, not uh, playing up to the contract after the last season. Um, you know, other rumors are saying that, you know, it could be a loss of a step for Gerald McCoy. Um, you know, other people are saying, you know, it could have just been the team around him playing so bad that, you know, it made him look bad as well, too. But he's a free man now, free to sign anywhere. Uh, so I'm going to start with you, Charlie. Uh, you know, don't tell me who you would like to see him on. Tell me what team you could see him signing to, in, in, you know, in the, in the essence of him being a free agent. So, you know, because I know you'll probably say one of our favorite teams, but let's not do it like that. Let's, you know, kind of be more realistic and mm-hmm. think, you know, saying who's going to pay him wise, who he'll be a good fitness scheme wise for, you know, what, uh, you know, what, you know, if you, if you think he more fit for like an AFC or NFC type team, let's, let's do it like that. Okay. I appreciate that. Yes, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stay in the AFC and I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. Ooh. Okay. And why is and that, the re- brother? And the reason, and appreciate that. The reason I say the Cleveland Browns is because the way that D line is established. Mind you, they got Richardson over there and they got Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. And do you you plug in Gerald McCoy? <laughs> what can you do with that? Mm-hmm. What can you do? What can you do with that? You can't block all three of them. You can. You can. You can. That's right there alone. And then I put it to you like this: He's going to help that. He's he's be able to help that team. Better because they already they were already a good defensive unit, young defensive unit. But you plug in a veteran like Gerald McCoy that can get you nine to you know that can at least get you know that can only get you at least nine to ten sacks. And I don't think he has dropped off. I just think the team that he's been on for the past few seasons have been terrible. It's not his fault, you know. But if you plug him into a, a to a young, stingy defense like the Browns, and he can mentor. A young Miles Garrett that already has that potential and can bring the best out of Miles Garrett, and then you got Richardson. It's gonna be some problems. It's gonna be okay. some problems, and okay. I can I can see that happen. Being realistic, because they have the money, and they are Cleveland is looking at it like this: we want to win now. We don't want to wait. Mm-hmm. You know, we see how the AFC North is already set up. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know what Pittsburgh is going to be like without A.B. and um, Le'Veon. We don't know what their offense is going to be like. You know, is the defense going to come back to how they used to be? We don't know. Cincinnati just got a brand-new coach. And so they're kind of like in a, real, in a rebuild stage, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as, as the um, – Baltimore Raven go. They let a lot of their defensive players go. Yeah, they signed a couple of defensive players, but they let they let a lot of their defensive players go. Right. And now you have to rely on Lamar Jackson, which is his sec- is going to be his second year. Is he going to have that sophomore slump? You know, because we all know about that sophomore sophomore slump, Twani. Mm-hmm. Am I right? right. We know yep. we know players can have that. So I'm looking yep. at this. I'm looking at this idea of situation is that you bring him in to the Browns. You know, where they're already on paper. Or like the team 
that could really make a run for the playoffs, and mm-hmm. you know, in the playoffs as well. So I'm just gonna go with the Cleveland Browns, but I'm gonna defer it back to you. Who do you think that Jerry McCoy may sign with? Realistic. I mean, get, don't get me wrong. I would like it to be Chicago, but like you said, we going You know, we you know, let's be realistic here. Mm-hmm. If it's not if it's not Chicago, who you would who you team you think would be out of either AFC or NFC? Okay. I actually have two teams here. Okay. And I'm going to go a little bit different than you. Um, so I, I'm going to pick one, but I'm going to give you both of them. Okay. I can see him signing with either A, staying in Florida and going to Jacksonville, Ooh. or B, or B, going to the Indianapolis Colts. And here's why. Okay. Uh, starting with Jacksonville. Jacksonville, you know, they, they kind of shipped off some pieces, but they still a very good defense. They're trying to get things back in order. I can see him staying right there in Florida, you know, not going too far away or anything like that, and just, you know, filling in, you know, players that, you know, they moved on, you know, where he could still be more uh, of a maybe not on a prove-it deal, but prove mm-hmm. uh, prove Tampa Bay, this was your mistake for letting me go. You know, it wasn't me. You know, when you, get, when you put, you know, pieces around me that aren't good enough and I get doubled and triple teamed, of course my stats is going to fall down. So if he go over to Jacksonville, he can fill that hole that was left, you know, by a couple of, you know, trades in the, you know, this past season or, you know, off-season moves where, you know, players were let go, and he could still go in there and be a starter and prove himself. But that's also the same reason why I picked the Indianapolis Colts because they're missing that one piece on their defensive line, and he could still not just be a rotational piece. He can, you know, or, you know, training up some young guy, he can get right there, hand in the dirt, and still be a starter and, again, once again, prove it. But he's more uh, – reason I pick Indianapolis is he's more on a set playoff team, obviously, versus we don't know with Nick Foles and, you know, being a new quarterback over there in Jacksonville if they're going to get back into the playoffs. We know that mm-hmm. defense is good, and that's why I said, you know, that may attract him to just stay in Florida mm-hmm. with a good defense and be that piece. But, again, he may also be on the verge of, you know, I want to be back in the playoffs or be on a playoff team. I can go over here in Indianapolis and handle my business as well, too, because they got a scheme that be just as much as Jacksonville do. So at the end of the day, I, I, I'm going to lean more toward Indianapolis, again, being a playoff-ready team, and he's that piece that can, again, just sit right there, be a starter, and don't have to, you know what I'm saying, play on a prove type deal that probably signed up for two years, and he could, you know, just, you know, ball out. You know, the attention ain't all on him because they got some good young players on a nice little stingy defense they sell. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yep. I was actually looking at the Rams, too. Rams, I, I was, I you was know, they're starting, the, they starting to get players just to, you know saying, get players now. I don't players. even think they, you know, just okay. getting fits anymore. You know, yeah. last season, you know, it was just like, yeah, them some good fits. But now, okay. you know, they off-season moves here. Yeah, it was just more like we just going to snatch him because he was a good player. But, mm-hmm. you know, we – you know, kind of see if he can, you know, fit our rotational scheme. I, I, I don't see Jerry McCoy over there in that type of situation. That's why I mean, he, I see him signing somewhere where he could be a starter, you know, and he comes out for, you know, saying rest versus he comes in to relieve somebody. You, but, but you know what's funny, it's, it, and I would say that it, we move on to our, our next topic. 
Um, I can see him sign with the Patriots, man. <laughs> I can see, I can see that too. I can see that too. Can't even lie. I tried to avoid yeah, that one. Man, <laughs> you you can't avoid it, man. Yeah. Hey, I can just see that happening, man. Just yeah. Bill Belichick just go ahead and just come on, come on, come on, home player, come yeah. on, home player. Go ahead and try to get that ring, player. Man, you know, yeah. just have a Jerry McCoy on that defense too, and you know Bill Belichick gonna coach him up. You know that for a fact. He gonna bring he gonna bring the best out of him. He liable to go up there and get like twelve sacks, twelve, thirteen sacks. Oh, I don't man. even think he has to coach him up though. I think knowing where he at, knowing where he at, right. just, you know what I'm saying, living him back up. But I, I again, cool. True. I think again, going to Jacksonville with that defense and just mm-hmm. being able to prove everybody wrong about him, um, or or Indianapolis, same way, or even your, even your pick, Cleveland. That's nice, but I, I don't see him being a, a a rotational piece like that. That's the the only disagreement I have with that one. But I think okay. you know he could definitely bring something to that team as well too, making yeah. uh, continue to make it nasty. Well, I mean, he probably he, I I can see him being starter uh, in uh, for Cleveland on that D line. I don't see why not. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could see him starting over there. I don't see him being as a rotational piece. Uh, but I'm I getting think what moves they made, you know, I think, you know, if he signed okay. over there, you know, he would have to fight, you know, to, you know, to be more of a starter over there than he would, okay. you know, kind of like you fill in this gap that we have open here, you know, just your okay. lose type of deal. You know what I mean? Oh, gotcha. Yep. All right. So, Charlie, go ahead and kick off the next one here. I appreciate that. So, yeah. Uh, the next topic that we're going to get into is uh, top, pros- uh, top prospect, uh, high school prospects. Now, there's a prospect that was, like, in the top ten, um, top five, that he decided that he didn't want to go to college. He wanted to go overseas, and he signed a deal overseas uh, to play basketball instead of just going to college for a full year and playing college basketball. Uh, so, Twan, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to defer it to you. Do you think it's a good idea or a bad idea for high school prospects to um, go to college or not go to college versus going overseas to play basketball? Like, what is your take on that um, as well um, with that? Okay. Um, you know, having to stay in college for one year and see, if you, can, you know, and go to the pros versus actually playing against, you know, grown men overseas. You know, it's like you're playing the pros and then get ready for the NBA draft. What is your take on that? Especially you being a former basketball player as well. Um, I appreciate you, bro. Um, I I'm in the middle on that one. I'm okay. in the middle on that one. I'm I'm for you know, um, I'm for first. Let me let me say this. I am for you know if the NBA decided to open it back up to allow high school players you know to enter the draft. You know, right. uh, I'm I'm for that. So that's why I'm in the middle on if they should, you know, go to college um, for, you know, a season and then, you know, go pro or just, you know, go straight out of high school and go play pro. And here's why I'm in the middle on that. Most of the players, you know, the, the, you know, the top players are going to be playing against guys who not necessarily not the top players, but, you know, guys that need to stay, you know, for year two and three or sometimes stay for their entire four years and develop. So they still kind of playing against grown men anyway, if that makes sense to you. You know what I mean? You're yeah. playing against seasoned veterans in college, you know, regardless if you're, you know, 
nation top 100 or you know nation's top let's let's just do nation top 50 we won't even go as deep as 100 you right. know so you one of the top 50 players you know coming across the country you're you're going to face up against again you're going to face up against a sophomore you know who had a year of experience um or you know maybe he wasn't a starter but you know he got some playing time and now he didn't know he had to work on he didn't hit the weights you know he didn't improve on his games and all his skills so he's a seasoned veteran now you're going to face a junior like that and you're going to face a senior like that you know so the more they're there you know the better they're getting the bigger they're getting the stronger they're getting the more crafty veteran type you know and understanding the game they're getting as well too so either way it goes you can either go to college for a year or you can go overseas for a year. The, the only thing I, I worry about going overseas is what division of basketball, because a lot of people understand they just stay overseas uh, and then we find. But if you recall correctly, um, the Ball Brothers went to the lowest division of playing mm-hmm. overseas. They weren't playing against the best competition. So, of course, yeah, they look great going overseas when you're mm-hmm. playing against the lowest level of, you know, uh, overseas players. You weren't against the top-notch ones, you know. You weren't mm-hmm. playing against the competition that Giannis or Dirk, you know, when all those guys were found over there playing. You weren't playing against those guys. So, you know, what So, what level of playing is he going to play against them? So, if he's going to be playing in, like, the Ball Brothers League, then, yeah, by all means, you should be going to college then, you know, at least getting a year in with, you know, with them. Um, Otherwise, if you are going to be playing top-notch, then by all means, you know, go overseas and then come over there. Because it's not unheard of. You've seen it with uh, Brandon Jennings. When Brandon Jennings years ago, when it was him, uh, uh, Derrick Rose, it was uh, O.J. Mayo, when they were all type top high school recruits coming out, um, he decided, you know, not to go to college and he went overseas. And Brandon Jennings, you know, he played against, uh, I think he was at, um, that second tier. He wasn't at the lowest. He was at that second tier, and then he worked his uh, was able to in that same season play against the top top competition. He was drafted that next that next year. He was drafted to come over there and play with the Milwaukee Bucks. And you know, uh, for the most part, he had a very good NBA career. So you know, so it, it, it's un- it's not unheard of, and it could definitely work out for him. So, but again, I'm, I'm in the middle in the fence because I, you know, without knowing where, you know, some of these high school players are going to, which level they're going to play at overseas, it's hard to say. So, but again, if you're going to play the lowest level, like the ball brothers did, you know, in Siberia against, you know, cats that is just like, it kind of look like uh, a YMCA league or a rec ball league, then you need to go to college because you're going to be more seasoned over there than you will be playing against guys that you're going to dominate in the rec ball league. That's my take on it. Passing it back to you, Charlie. Appreciate that, yeah. Man, you sure dropped drop some knowledge on that one. I appreciate that. That's why I defer it to yes, you first indeed. because, again, by you being a former b-ball player um, as well, um, having, you know, playing basketball the way you have played, that's why I defer it to you. So real quick, not to, you know, touch on it, you know, touch on this too much. My take on it is that pretty much uh, with this is that it's up to the player's discretion um, as well. At the end of the day, that player is still going to play basketball. You know, whether it's going to be in college, whether it's going to be overseas as well. Now, the player that I'm talking about is R.J. Hampton. Um, he's a five-star. He's a five-star recruit. Um, he, Like I said, he, he didn't want to, you know, he had offers from, like, Duke and Kansas and Kentucky, et cetera, especially for Duke was looking at him real, real hard. Real, you know, they was recruiting him real, really, really, really hard. And he decided he wanted to go overseas, which that's totally fine. Um 
it's going to get to the point where I see that more players like more kids like him is going to start doing that. And that's when the NBA is going to say, okay, let's get rid of this one year rule and let's have them coming straight out of coming straight out of high school as well. Because again, at the end of the day, it's up to the player's discretion. Um, I feel like that you're still going to, you're still going to get that experience, whether you go to go overseas or whether you go to college. A lot of kids don't don't want to go to college right out of high school, but they're being forced they they're being forced to go to college to play that one year, which they shouldn't have to, um, in order to, you know, or to go to the NBA draft where they could just literally go to the NBA draft straight out of high school. Um, so again, like I said, it's up to it's up to the to the player's discretion. Uh, again, I do believe that competition is good. Um, hopefully he, you know, from what I read is that he's not playing against lower level competition like the Ball Brothers were. Um, that's why you see why the middle Ball Brother did not get picked up by the NBA, per se. And that's not saying that he's not good. It's just that, again, he's playing against, like, like my other host, Twani said, he's playing against lower competition. So that really didn't mean that he wasn't playing against the best of the best overseas. Would you agree with that, Twani? As well. Correct. Yep, correct. So again, like I said, as whatever that kid wants to do, um, his parents, his, his parents, you know, support his decision uh, with that as well. And again, it's going to start that trend. It's, it's going to be a trend um, as well. So you know, he saw this opportunity, um, like the point guard, um, uh, Donovan Dokic, have you pronounce his name? That played for the uh, Mavs. He looked at him and said that, you know, he didn't go to college. He just stayed overseas and played basketball, you know, and ended up getting drafted. So he's he's looking at, he's following that route. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, again, it's up to the player's discretion at the end of the day. So I have no problem with that. You know, hope he does well. Um, let's see if he get drafted, you know, next year um, as well. But, again, it's just going to be a trend. You're going to see that trend. That is going to be those – those five-star recruit players that don't want to play in college, that don't want to go to college, go overseas as well. Because you're going to get tape on him regardless, whether he's in the college or he's playing overseas. So that's just my take on that, Twani. Right. Okay. All right. Good huh. stuff. Good stuff. All right. So we're just going to go ahead and jump right into the final thoughts then. So, Charlie, I'm passing right back to you, and then I'll see mine, and then we'll just go ahead and close out the show for the night then. Appreciate that. Uh, Pretty much what my final thoughts is is that I am liking what I am seeing from the heavyweight division and boxing. And what I say by that is that, you know, uh, I'm finally going to see Anthony Joshua fight Andy Ruiz um, this Saturday. I know I said on our last show that it was April 19th, um, uh, April 20th. It's not there. That's not the fight. That fight is actually Manny Pacquiao versus um, – I forgot his name. I'm going to get his name in a second. Um, everybody know who I'm talking about. They say he's going to end Manny Pacquiao's career. Oh, Keith Thurman. Manny Pacquiao versus Keith Thurman. That's going to be a fight. He's not going to beat Manny Pacquiao, so we're just going to get that out of the way. So Did you mean in, he, June? Did you huh? mean in June? No, July. July. Oh, you July. April. No, my bad. My bad. Not, thank you for that, Twani. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, fighting, they're fighting July 20th. Uh, Manny Pacquiao versus Keith Thurman. Um, I thought that was the Anthony Joshua and Ruiz fight, Ruiz Jr. fight, but that fight is this Saturday, which is June 2nd. Uh, 
at Madison Square Garden. So I'll finally get to see Anthony Joshua fight. And he's actually fighting in the United States. So he's not fighting in England, which that is a plus. Because, again, mm-hmm. you know, you can't keep fighting in New England and then you won't respect because you can't come over to the U.S. So we're going to see, you know, mm-hmm. and he's putting all his belts on the line, too, against Ruiz, which Ruiz already said is that he's going to die trying to win those belts. And that's what I like about the heavyweight division because you had uh, last week, you had Dante Wilder said that I could kill a man in the ring and get away with it, which I feel like he almost did when he knocked him out. <laughs> so this is what the heavyweight division is all about, man. You know, Tyson Fury, he got hit. Go ahead. What was you going to say? Go ahead. Go ahead, Twan. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm okay. agreeing with you. Keep it yeah. going. <laughs> yeah, so, and then you got Tyson Fury. You know, he's fighting um, soon. I believe he's fighting next month as well. If not next month, um, or uh, in July as well. So he's put his lineal title on the line as well um, against an opponent also. So the heavyweight division is getting back on the map, man. I am so happy, man, because when you think of heavyweight division, you think of um, Lennox Lewis. You think of Mike Tyson. You think of Hasim Rachman. Um, let's, go, let's go back to the greats. You think of, oh, man, uh, Muhammad Ali, which – to me, is one of the greatest heavyweight fighters of all time as well. I could go on and on about other heavyweights as well um, also. But, again, the heavyweight, the heavyweight division is back on the map, and I am so happy about that. I'm so excited. I, I, can't, even, I can't even see straight. So I'm going to pass it back <laughs> to you, Twani, real quick, man. I, I know I spoke too long. I apologize, but I'm going to pass it back to you real quick, man. What, you got, what is your final thoughts? My final thought uh, is going to be short and to the point, man. This that time of the year where we're starting to hit, you know, summer uh, baseball. is uh, My Cubs are frustrating me. You know, you go on a hot little streak, and then all of a sudden now we're back into where we was, that where we was falling behind teams. We got to get this pitching together, man. Um, you know, we need to, you know, find somebody with some true power, some true speed again. That's what, you know, help us win you know, the championship for the first one in over 100 years. So we got to go out there and make some trades, you know, whether we got to do, you know, trade some people out of our farm system, you know, trade some draft picks, find somebody with some heat that's willing to be, uh, that teams are willing to trade and bring them over here because we're struggling right now on the pitching. You know, it's not like our bats are cold, you know, and then the last three to four games, it came down to the wire where we had to, you know, we were – put in position where we had to, you know, try to, you know, uh, get an extra run in. And, you know, the Cubs is always about power. Sometimes they get out there, instead of just making base and bringing runs in, they're trying to, you know, play hero ball and knock that, you know, home run out there, and they end up striking out. So we got to get that back together, too. We got to be patient, got to be consistent, got to be smart. But, man, we really got to figure out this bullpen here and get some, you know, get some real heat um, throwing pitchers in there. So, uh, that's pretty much my final thought here because again, you know, it's you know we we starting to you know get near that uh, halfway point of baseball and teams are neck and neck in that Cubs division. So that's why I'm looking at it right now. So, but yeah, that's my final thought. So uh, about to go here to close out the show. Let me drop off the handles here. Again, mine's branding underscore elite, and that's at Twitter and Instagram. The email for us for any questions, comments, or uh, whatever you feel uh, that you want to just reach out to us about, um, hit us up on from the sideline guys uh, with an S at Gmail. And remember that is also 
uh, the new name of the show. It was originally from the sidelines, but now it's from the sideline guys with an S. Charlie, hit them with your handle. We're going to close on out. All right. Uh, Twitter handle Charlie 8606. Uh, like I said, man, we're going to keep this train going. Like I said, we from the sideline guys with an S at the end as well. So, again, shout out to everybody that supporting this, supporting this podcast from day one. Again, I'm going to say it one more time. 2018. I'm going to say it one more time before we close the show. We're going to keep this train going. We're going to keep it going. We ain't stopping. So, that's all. That's it for me. All right. So, that's it. We'll be, with, be back with y'all soon. So, y'all stay tuned. Appreciate y'all. Hit the subscribe button. You know, let everybody know about us. Uh, you know, send them a text message. You know, whatever platform you want. You know, mm-hmm. just let them know. We appreciate the love. And we appreciate y'all keep coming back. So that's it for us. We closing out. From the sideline guys, y'all. From the sideline guys. All right, and we out.